So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all wanna create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we wanna do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, as always, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen and to, uh, you know, to be entertained and also educated. And ultimately, this podcast is about moving you forward as a business person, as a human being. Um, you know, you know me well enough to know I'm on all the different social channels. But one of the channels that I've had a lot of fun with, certainly over the last 18 months now, is Instagram specifically stories, more specifically asking me a question, right? Where I literally post that little question box on Instagram and I say, you know, ask me anything. Well, the setup uh, for what I want to share with you today, I was standing in front of a giant boulder down in Laguna Beach where I was writing my book and spending the entire day. So early in the morning, I walked down and I stood in front of this giant rock and I looked at it and I said, you know, there's so many people that stand in front of an obstacle and think, it's insurmountable, that there's no way they could get through it, get around it, that it, it's to the point that it consumes them. And we can all think of many things right now in our country and around the world that feel like these problems that are, they're just, they're just bigger than us. And, and I remember standing there thinking to myself, you know, I got to do something on Instagram. And I took a photo and I, I think I basically said, you know, sometimes we're up against something that just feels bigger than us and we can't get through it. And then I took 10 steps back and I took the same photo. And now you can see there's all kinds of access points around that rock. And I said, sometimes we need to take a step back and change our perspective, change our point of view to see all the different solutions. And, and then I went into a whole bunch of stuff around mindset. And, and of course, that was one of the questions that was asked. But in this sort of, you know, now talking about it as a, a podcast rant, in this, in this Instagram sort of message of that morning at 6 a.m. on the beach was like, to really get people to think like, change your thinking, change your life, right? Change your thinking, change your life. And you know, as I was sharing all these ideas, then I was like, well, it'd probably be natural that I say, you know, in the middle of my 11 hour writing day, why don't I answer some questions for people? So I said, hey, if you've got a question, post it here. And, and today I wanna share seven of those questions and just to give you the broad spectrum of the kind of questions that we'll go through, and if you're listening to this, you can fast forward to things that are interesting to you, or you can, you know, if you're on my website, you can date stamp and go to the stuff that matters most. Um, but I got a range of questions, and this is what I'm going to cover today. Like, for example, one of them was, I've got interns for the next two to three weeks. What should they do? Another person asked, what should an agent's day look like on a team? Another person asked, what's the best thing to include in a pre-listing package, right, versus a listing presentation? And then someone asked, I want to buy my brokerage, but I'm super nervous. What do you recommend? Getting the, the spectrum here. The next person said, what are three things I could do to improve my mindset? And I actually gave him seven. And then, hey, listings are moving slower right now. Higher end agent. Should I keep focusing on getting more listings? And then the last question was, you know, I'm trying to get a great listing presentation together, but I just don't know where to start. So today I want to answer those questions. And my hope, like always when I do these, if you're watching on, on YouTube or someplace else, I, I literally have clients that, uh, Brenda is my podcast producer and Tristan that are here. I have clients that text me and say, I have screens, uh, screen saved every one of your Q&A sessions. 
So they've got thousands of, and I'm like, I mean, I know I have it on my phone, but I think to myself, like, I probably should have that too. Like, it's a really good archive of sort of if this, do that. Now, I'm not saying by any stretch, I'm not saying I have all the answers. Uh, I am saying in this narrow little world called business and real estate and entrepreneurialism and mortgage, uh, you know, I've got 34,000 hours of coaching. So I have some insight. So let's go to the first one. You ready? Uh, so at Penn Bay Realtors, big shout out to you on Instagram at Penn Bay Realtors. Uh, she asked, hey, Tom, I've got two to three interns. What would you have them do? Like now she had asked me a question weeks before. And we talked about doing a SWOT analysis on our competition. I thought that would be a healthy thing for both the interns to help them improve who they are as business people, to be able to see the degrees of separation between what at Penn Bay Realtors is doing and what others are doing to find those subtle little differences. I thought that was a good use of time and then some other assignments. Um, but now, by the way, for all of you that are watching or listening to this, you know, there's, I don't know how many college kids right now around the world. I know it's summertime, but... I'm always blown away by like my, my own boys and their friends that will come and do summer intern, uh, you know, at my office and, you know, they could be on the phones, they could be in CS, they could be in sales, they could be in engineering, but the last couple of years, you know, taking my older son and a couple of his buddies and, and having them do some more advanced exercises, a let's just be clear. Like it's a huge benefit for them to learn and get this real life experience. And for you listening right now, for you to bring in interns, the amount of projects they can do for you at little to no cost, it's entirely up to you. I, I have a tendency to pay my interns. Um, it's just, just the way I roll, but I know many people that don't, and that's just fine as well. Um, but you need to decide like, I think you should take a look at it, especially now it's summertime. And then during the breaks, there's a lot of people out there that are looking for experience and you could say, want to learn how to make a hundred thousand dollars a year selling real estate or doing mortgages or whatever else. And for them to learn from you, that's a massive leg up. So hashtag do more internships or get more interns. So uh, with that pen bay, this is what I told her. I said, just a couple things. First, I said, what if you asked, asked your interns to call on your behalf, every past client you have, and ask them to write a review on your business if they haven't, or write a new one on a different site. I said, how, how great would that be if I had, you know, two interns in this case, that's what she has, to literally call every past client and say, hi, I'm calling on behalf of Tristan Irvin over here at Banana Real Estate. My name is Tom Ferry. And, you know, Tristan was asking me if you would take the time to write a review, whatever the script is, right? Something totally basic. All we're trying to do is make that touch point. And I thought, man, could you imagine if you suddenly got another 20, 30, 40 reviews? It's so powerful. Easy one. You don't have to do them all. Just listen. Number two, I said, I'd have them clean up your entire database from beginning to end, which means I'm going to go through and find Larry, 555-1212 and say, who is Larry? What's Larry's email address? What's Larry's last name? What's Larry's home address? What's his office address? What's his LinkedIn profile? What's his Instagram profile, etc.? Clean up your entire database. That is a powerful thing for an intern to do. Maybe not exciting for them, but the payoff for you is enormous. Um, then I said, number three, um, I'd say have them go through and look at all of your social sites to make sure that they're branded properly. Yes, like go to Instagram, go to LinkedIn, go to Pinterest, go to Facebook, you know, go to your business page versus your personal page. Look at your website, look at your YouTube channel. Is everything set up the correct way? Is everything optimized the correct way? Like this is another thing you can have, especially like, you know, for you or for me as busy as we are, you know, it's just, it would be nice to make sure like, 
when I go to Instagram, is there a link tree where I have access to phone numbers and cell phone, you know, emails and all the different things that you provide and all the different services? Like, you know about it. It's probably on your to-do list, but this is another example of what an intern could do. Um, number four, I said, uh, have them build out your new ESP, as in your new email service provider, uh, because you know that Microsoft Outlook and Google are not email service providers, more like MailChimp and you know ConvertKit, et cetera. So having them actually do that for you and then setting up all of your email marketing campaigns, right, right along with that, having them fill out or create uh, everything you want for Sprout Social or for Hootsuite from a social media campaign standpoint. And then the big one, and I thought you'll all appreciate this, if I had an extra two to three interns and I didn't have already Tristan and Brandon and Brenda, right, and Kelsey working with me, I would have my interns force me to film the following. Ready? However many years you've been in the business, that many lessons. Literally have you, I'd force you to create a show called 15 Lessons in 15 Years of Selling Homes Here in Nebraska right? As an example. And I turned that into a show. By the way, if you're listening to this right now, check out Car uh, Carpenter Kessel. Carpenter Kessel. Uh, you can find him on Instagram. They're Kurt Kessel, one of my closest friends on the planet, one of my longest friends on the planet. He and his partner sat in a session with myself and Jay Abraham, I want to say maybe a year and a half ago. 36 people paid $6,000 each to sit in a room for two days with myself and my mentor, who at the time I was paying $30,000 a month for business consulting. So it was powerful and I was really paying attention. I know that's a crazy number, but you know, I got big goals. So you need big ideas and crazy people to help you get there. Well, we sat in this room for two days. And one of the things he said was, you need to be the educator. And of course, it's so funny. I've been talking about that since 2007 right? Since 2007, like YouTube, be the educator, put out content for free. But of course you bring in an outside expert and everybody goes, Oh, you're right. I need to be the educator. And suddenly they, they all start doing their show. Well, uh, Kirk and Dwayne, right? His partner, these two great guys down in, uh, in Melbourne, Florida, they've been doing this now. And I want to say they did a combined between the two of them, 60 years in real estate, 60 lessons in 60 years on everything from, you know, uh, what can you spend money on once you open an escrow? Like, you know, that kind of stuff. Or, you know, uh, why do you need title insurance? And what's the point of it? Like every possible facet or intricacy or detail of the real estate business, they broke down in 60 lessons. And you know what's great? It's there forever. And because it was, you know, done properly because Dwayne is really good from an SEO standpoint, imagine like the, what is title insurance? And boom, their video shows up. Right. Uh, you know, why can't I buy a car while I'm in escrow, <laughs> you know, like, and it shows up really powerful. So uh, at Penn Bay Realtors, I know that was a long answer to your question, uh, but if I had interns, those are some things I'd having them do. All right. Uh, Kim Nagy group, by the way, big shout out to at Kim Nagy group on Instagram. She said, hey, Tom, what should an agent's day look like if they're on a team? I'll do this short and sweet. I said, ideally. Number one, they should have a powerful morning routine that fills them up to crush the day with energy and problem-solving prowess because they're going to need it, right? Because we're in sales. What do we do? 
right? We got to give, 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 give energy, 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 and we got to solve, solve, solve problems every day. And if you wake up in the morning and you don't do anything to get yourself fired up, to make yourself better, you run on empty and you know what that's like, take your car, drive it on empty versus on a full tank of gas, you get the difference. It's the same thing. Number two, market intelligence, which means they're going to study the MLS, they're going to know the trends, and they're going to find opportunities every day. Number three, anybody on a team, their job is to schedule appointments. And number four, their job is to go on appointments and convert. Go on appointments and convert. Get them to write an offer. Get them to say yes. Get them to get one step closer. And then, because I work with so many teams, and I do mean this, I said number five, an agent on a team, every day should thank their team leader and the support staff for managing the rest. So, at Kim Nagy Group... I hope they find that helpful. I know I got a couple comments from many team leaders, clients and not clients, you know, just friends that were like, thank you, Ferry. I'm using that. I'm going to make that part of our standard and help our team move forward powerfully. Okay, so this one. Best things to include in a pre-listing package. Now, I struggle with this one because I'm not sure if this is at Sarah Ains Realtor or if it's Sarah Haynes Realtors. Uh, but so, Sarah, I apologize. So I thought this is a great question. And matter of fact, the entire month of July, the Tom Ferry Show is going to be dedicated really to making sure that your listing presentation is extraordinary. And that starts with your pre-listing package and your ability to pre-qualify and then how you show up and what you do and in what order and the way you do it that really makes you stand out and really have the client be like, oh, all this for only X percent, right? versus what commission do you charge? And there's a big distinguish there. And I know you got that as you were listening, right? So with her, I said, okay, so at, at Sarah, this is what I'm telling you. Uh, as I said, I'm covering all this on the Tom Ferry Show in a few weeks. Here's a sneak peek. I would recommend that you email or send a package. I prefer email and you'll see why, but either one is fine. Just the package will be a lot, right? So an email with some links, an email with some links. So I'm going to go only in the links version, even though I'll probably screw up and say package every now and then. Number one is an intro video, right? So I go, hey, Tristan and Stephanie, Tom Ferry here with Banana Real Estate. I'm super excited about the opportunity to come over and talk to you guys about the sale of your condo. I know you guys bought that a couple of years ago and you've created a lot of equity and you're ready to go out and buy that dream home and start building your family. And I'm thrilled that you're giving me a chance to help you guys do so. So in this email, you're going to see below a whole bunch of things that you should review before we get together, including a link to all of the reviews of all the clients that have worked with me in the past. So you get a sense of how I work. Also a link to a list of relatable sales, other properties that I've sold just like yours for premium prices with, you know, five-star reviews. And then you'll also going to see a link with all of the comparable sales, all the listings, all the listings that didn't sell and all the sales prices of those that did. So you could be super informed on what's happening with prices today in your town, specifically for your condo. Also, and you guys with me on this? I think I'm going to screw this up. A note from you on what trends you're seeing. So in this guy, I'd say, um, there's also a separate video where you're going to hear me talking about the trends that I'm seeing and what's happening. So I'm going to, I'm going to stop my little video version of this. I did that kind of quick. Ready? Intro letter or video, a link to a list of all your past clients and reviews. And I would probably have it a link and it would say like this, see what others are saying about our remarkable service. And then there'd be a link to my Zillow or my Google, right? And then number three is a link to a list of all the relatable sales that I've made. So my past sales that would relate to that client, right? 
So, so if it's a condo, I'm not going to say here's the mid-century modern that I sold that was like, or, you know, a ranch style. I'm going to say, here's the five condos that I've sold that were like yours as an example, or at least in their general area. So they know that I know the market. Then a link of a list of comparable sales, right? The, you know, inside of here's what's happening in the MLS listings, expireds, cancels, and more. Then a note or a separate video of you literally, imagine if you actually shot a video and you said, you know, hey, uh, hey, Tristan and Stephanie, I'm, I'm looking right now at the MLS at the same information or the link that I gave you. And I want to talk about two or three of the things that really stood out for me as I was reviewing what's happening with prices. You know, every day people ask me, Tom, how's the market? And what they're really asking is, what's going on with price? Well, would it shock you to hear that right now condos like yours are trading anywhere between $415 a square foot to as much as $435 a square foot. And what I'm seeing is the premium prices are primarily condos with no carpet, hardwood floors, right? Light and open, right? A nice floor plan, recently painted, right? A clean garage and their backyard courtyard looks fantastic. Those seem to be some of the things I'm thinking. So I can't wait to get together with you and talk about how we're gonna price your property to get you guys the most amount of money possible. So I do some little, snippet video and I include that in the email as well. And now all of a sudden they're like, wow, this girl's got it going on. This guy's got it going on. They're really preparing and letting me know that they're the expert. I mean, Tristan's sitting right across me. If you got a video like that and you were thinking, yeah, but we, you know, I'm, I'm using a price per square foot model. Like oh, we were thinking $500 a square foot. And now I'll you here 415 to 430. And I'm looking at the data. Now you're still going to say, gosh, darn, I want $500 a square foot. Cause that's what every seller does. But you know that I took the time to do the homework, right? Then I wrote down, here's a big one, number six, your marketing proposal. Now notice the language. I, I didn't say my marketing plan. This is a proposal that I'm making to you. Like, you know, I'm making this proposal. If you like this proposal, you're going to hire me, right? So I, I use that sort of language. Here's my marketing proposal with sample, you know, links, videos, postcards, open house strategies, maybe a video from an open house that I've done before where there was a line outside the door of people trying to get there or how I'm doing Zoom buyer seminars today to capture as many buyers in the marketplace. I'm gonna take all these things that we've done over the last 30, 60, 90 days during COVID and I'm gonna embed them into, right, into my pre-listing package, which really you and I should just call a pre-get-yourself-sold package a pre build as much trust and rapport and professionalism as possible package. Cause that's really what it is. And then if you're a gamer, you add in all the contracts, right? Where they can literally open it up and see the listing agreement and start, you know, signing and doing all their stuff. Um, and that's it. Oh, one thought when you send your marketing proposal, I'm a big fan of, you know, in marketing, we call it the law of contrast, right? So how do I contrast what I do versus what others do so they don't just say all you agents are the same, right? You know it. It happens every single day. They can't really distinguish, which is why a track record, a map of all your sales, right? Reviews, having video, um, having these sort of measurable degrees of separation make you truly stand out in the minds of a customer. So when it just comes down to well, we really like Tom and we really like Brenda. They're both really nice. Well, Brenda did have way more reviews and it looks like her marketing proposal was a little more elaborate. And do you remember seeing all those videos and Tom didn't send us any videos and I'm not sure if he's doing that, but I mean, we know the whole world today is video and bam, we were both liked. We were both friends. We were both referred. 
It's the degrees of separation, right, that make the difference. So something to think about. All right, long answer to that question. This was the this was an interesting question. So let's take just I gotta I gotta just take a breath for a second here because when I got this question, I remember I was in between writing and what I when I'm writing and literally like an eleven hour writing session. What I don't want to do is check my email. What I don't want to do is like get distracted by the noise of the world. What I want to do is like stay in a contribution mindset, which is why I did this that day. So, you know, so you understand the logic for me is to keep contributing, keep writing, keep helping. So it keeps me in a good book writing mindset. But when I got this question, I was like, wowzer, I'm going to go deep. Now, in fairness, I'm not going to say this woman's name because the last thing I'd want to do is give her all this advice and potentially, you know, disrupt a negotiation that she may or may not be having. I don't know. So I'm going to take her name out. The question was, I want to buy my brokerage, but I'm super nervous. I said, there's a lot to unpack here. First, you should be nervous. And I might make you even more nervous with my answers. Now, if you've ever thought about owning your own real estate company or starting another business, just listen to this point of view. I said, question number one, why do you want to do this? And what does it do for you that you don't already have? Why do you, I don't know, I've always just wanted to own my own company. Why? What does it do for you that you don't already have? You just want more liability? You want more expense? You want more stress? Hi, welcome to being a business owner, right? Like, what does it do that you don't already have? Why are you doing this? Then I said, this is all in a number one. If this is an investment, what other investment vehicles did you explore as an alternative to this? I can't say the person's name, but another one of my clients said, yeah, I'm thinking about starting my own company. And I was like, that's awesome. Very high producing agent, very successful, millions of dollars in GCI. And I said, okay, great. I said, so how much is it going to cost you? Okay. 600,000 bucks. And I said, how much is it really going to cost you? He's like 600,000 bucks. I said, no, no. How much is it really going to cost you? He's like, what do you mean? I said, how do you think you're going to maintain $2 million a year in GCI? and now be the owner, the manager, the leader, the, 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 he's like, well, I was kind of thinking that I could just, you know, have my assistant help. And then they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You got 25 existing agents there that you're buying. And essentially they're now reporting to you. You're now the deal doctor. You're now the babysitter. You're now the, and he's like, oh yeah. And I said, so what if we just looked at the $600,000 investment you were going to make? And we asked ourselves, are there any other vehicles I can put that money into that would get me a greater return with less stress? And that's all it took. Now, I'm not trying to talk anybody out of buying a brokerage. I'm not. I'm just giving you a different point of view. More often than not, right? Think about like when a buyer walks into a house and they're like, oh my God, I love this home. This is amazing. I can see my, we're going to raise our family here. We're going to turn that into the baby room. That's going to become my office. It's all right brain. It's all emotional, right? But when it comes down to finally closing the deal, it gets very left brain logical. I was concerned when, when this woman asked me the question that she may, she may, I don't know. She may have been fully right brain, all emotional. This is going to be so exciting. I'm going to build it. I'm going to sell for a bazillion dollars. I got to go data left brain logical to give her some contrast, right? So number two, I said, does the brokerage make a profit? Kind of a silly question, but most don't. Did you know that? Will, will it make a profit if the owner leaves? Oh, what if the owner, what if the owner was doing like 45% of the business? Cause that's kind of typical in, in, I don't know, 85% of all real estate companies on the planet. So what if the owner leaves and takes all the sales with them? 
How is that going to impact it? Then I wrote down, ready, what ancillary services are in place and do you gain those in the acquisition? Do they own a part of title, a part of closing services, a part of escrow, a part of mortgage as an example? Do you get all that as well? Is that all wrapped into the deal? Or is the owner going to take all the bread and butter and you get the rent, the liabilities, the expense, the cost, right? Like that's the question I'm asking. Probably, I don't know if she thought about it. We'll see. She's going to, she's definitely going to DM me after this. Then I said, if they don't exist, if you don't have the ancillary services, which is where all the money is in real estate brokerage, if they don't, have you already explored the right partners if the business doesn't have transactions to warrant this, right? So yeah, I'm going to buy the brokerage. I really like it. The model makes sense. I, you know, it cash flows. It's going to be good for my business. I need the write-offs, whatever it may be. Plus I got mortgage title, escrow, closing services, yada, yada, property management. Yeah. So Tom, this is really good. It's a, it's a, it's an important part of the sort of financial structure that I'm setting up for my business life. Then I'd be like, yippee Kaye, good job. Hey, it's Tom Ferry. Question, what's your favorite social media platform? Are you big on Insta? Do you love to tweet? No matter where you answer, I'd love for you to connect with me there. All you gotta do is just type in at Tom Ferry and follow and let's you and I connect. I wanna be able to deliver the right content, the right ideas, the ways to help you grow your business, stay fired up, keep moving, be in action and run plays that work in the platform that matters most to you. So subscribe and I'll see you there soon. But if not, I want to plant those seeds to have this person explore. Then I said, number three, is there a management team in place to run the business? So you want to buy this brokerage. Is there a management team in place to run the business? Will they stay? Do you want them? Will they stay and do you want them? And what systems do they run the business on? And how long are those contracts? Oh, they just signed on with Salesforce at, you know, $350 a seat. Ugh. Oh, that's expensive. Or, you know, we just renewed our franchise and they're one year into the 10 year agreement. And that's what you're buying. You have nine more years of a guaranteed franchise agreement. Now I'm not dogging that, but this is the stuff you have to ask yourself. Then number four, I said, what liabilities are you taking on? Kind of again, contracts, agreements, rent, any other contractual obligations that now become this person because she bought the business. Number five, has the business been valued by an expert or by the owner? Very important. 90% of the time when I hear this, they say, well, yeah, the owner wants to sell it to me. I'm like, great. How'd you evaluate the business? Well, he told me or she told me she needs X to get out. To which my response is, you know, when you're on a listing appointment and the seller says, I need X to get out and the market is bearing less than X, what do you do? Right? The market's the market. So I said, or did you use someone like Steve Murray, right? At Real Trends, right? At Real Trends, at Real Trends Inc., I think is his Instagram handle, who's actually like, that's what he does. He's the broker's broker. He sells companies all day long. So who valued the business? Number six, how does all this impact your personal sales business? How does it all impact your personal sales business? Clearly, this woman is wildly successful, which, you know, that's why she's looking at this as maybe another extension of that. And then I asked the closing question, has your attorney, CPA, banker, and coach reviewed all of this with you? Now, that was a long answer to the question, but I got to tell you, I got a number of DMs uh, from people after that went up, because I think about maybe 2,000 people saw that on my Instagram stories. And... I got literally one person said, you just gave that person a $10 million education and the do's and don'ts of buying a business and how you do a little more due diligence, figure out what the heck's really going on. And I didn't even get into reps and warranties with her. I just did the basics. 
So if you're thinking about buying a real estate company, I hope that is helpful for you. If you're thinking about starting a real estate company, I hope that's helpful for you. Okay, here's an easier one. Uh, at Move With Millers. Tristan, why is it that no one has their name? Is it because the name wasn't available or did you... I just want to make a little public service announcement. If you can own your name on all the social platforms, that's a really good idea. Uh, I think I had to haggle to get at Tom Ferry on Twitter. Um, some guy actually got it because I went and I signed on. This is really dating myself. I went and I signed on and then I bounced. Remember back in the day? Yeah, you're too young. You won't remember this, but maybe you will. There was a time when you would go on a social platform and you would type in your name. And if you didn't complete the registration, people were scraping those and then doing it and then selling it to people. And big shout out to Gary Vaynerchuk. I called Gary and I'm like, hey, Gary, this is what happened. He goes, hey, let's just harass that guy and we'll get it back. <laughs> and that's what we did. And I got my name. It was pretty awesome. Okay. Side note. At Move with Millers. That was a movie, I think, right? With the Millers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With the Millers, right? So Move with the Millers. Uh, she says... I think it's a she. Uh, what three things would you suggest to improve your mindset? I just don't know where to begin. So as always, I try and over deliver. She says, what three things would you do? I actually had seven. So here's my seven. And I know I'm giving you a lot to think about. And I can't wait to see the comments and feedback on this because I know I'm talking fast and I'm covering such a wide variety of topics. Um, but that's how my brain works. And if you're slightly ADD like me, this is perfect. Ready? What three things would you suggest to improve my mindset? The first thing I wrote down is I would list out the eight equities of your life, right? The eight equities of your life, your health, your family, your faith, your career, your finances, your contribution, your fun and travel, and your intelligence, those eight. And I would list them all out. And then what I said was I would then ask yourself, watch how deep this is. What do I believe to be true in, in this area? See, your mindset, what everybody forgets is your mindset's made up of three things. What do you believe to be true? Context-specific, what do I believe to be true about drinking water? It hydrates me. What do I believe to be true about gambling? I have chips here. What do I believe to be true about bourbon, right? It's context-specific. What do I believe to be true about football? It's all context-specific. So she wants to improve her mindset. To improve your mindset, you have to change your beliefs in many cases because many times what we believe simply isn't true, but it is for us and therefore it, it dictates your life. If I believe as an example that I can't get on the phone and prospect because no one wants to answer the phone, well then I would never get on the phone and I, my business would suffer because of it, right? So, but if I believe that, it impacts my mindset. So what do you believe to be true in each of the eight equities? What do you believe to be true with family? What do you believe is true with faith? What do you believe is true with your career? What do you believe is uh, true and real for you in contribution? What do you believe is true and real with intelligence? Do you believe you can learn anything or do you believe you're limited in that area? It's a really deep sort of philosophical approach, but I really want to impact this person. Then I said, then ask yourself, where did that belief come from? On my Instagram story, I used a dirty word. I said, that's the mind you know what, because guess what? The hint is... Most of us have these beliefs that just were planted by somebody arbitrarily. Could have been a teacher, could have been a parent, could have been a book, could have been a movie, could have been a song that we heard, right? That all of a sudden, that song became the belief. I, I'm not kidding. You know this to be true. So I said, ask yourself, what do I believe to be true in each one of these areas? It's a deep assignment. So I, I write down all these things and I write down, what do I believe to be true in, in, in health? Oh gosh, you know. 
Everyone in my family is overweight. I'm overweight. My kids are overweight. It's just a genetic thing, right? Like you've ever heard anybody say that? My, uh, my nutritionist Pam says, genetics are like a loaded gun, but you pull the trigger. Genetics are like a loaded gun, but you pull the trigger and you will absolutely dig your grave with your teeth. See, I believe things like that because I chose to unwind from the standard American diet that was the, did you guys have that, Tristan, at school? Right? Remember the big poster, the chart, which is absolutely, it's sad, the standard American diet. You know what it's created? 45 years of obesity and, I mean, it's, it's total BS, right? But then the question is, uh, where did that belief come from? Well, I believe that I should have milk and this, that, 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 right? Because that's what I was told when I was four. Well, you're 50 now. Have you not learned anything new? right? Can't you change that belief? I know I'm going a little deep on this and I do get excited. Then I wrote down, you ready? Still in each one of those. Then does this belief keep this equity in a state of disease, wellness, or greatness? And that's really the hook. So look, what I want to have is a better mindset about my business. Okay. So what do I believe about my business? I believe it's hard. It's a grind. You have to hustle. You know, everyone's cutting their commission. You know, buyers are liars. Sellers are nasty. If these are the things you believe, ooh, right? Like this business is going to be tough. But then where does that, where do those beliefs come from? I don't know. Like my first broker told me when I was just got in the business that this is how it's going to be. And then another top agent told me, if you want to be successful, you have to work seven days a week, 24 hours a day. So I did, which is why I've been divorced three times and had all these problems. You guys with me on this? Like, this is what happens. Then does this belief keep this equity in my life in a state of disease, wellness, or greatness? And that's where the change begins. Because when you stop and say, you know what? That belief, that mindset that I have puts my business in a state of dis-ease. It, it traps my business in a state of, of just wellness, right? And I don't want that. I want greatness. So then what do you do? Number three. You set goals to move each one of these from disease to wellness or wellness to greatness. And you set goals. And those goals, really, my friends, number four is about reading, about listening to, and gaining perspective and exposure to people who operate at greatness in the equities you want to improve in. Like the, the thing I wrote down below this, I guess it really wasn't seven because these were you know, sort of a continuation. Number five was, yes, you're looking for a model right? AKA do what they do. If I do what someone that's wildly successful does, I'll get a better result. My, uh, my late great mentor who passed away, uh, married to his wife for 60 plus years. Uh, he said to me, the whole game for me, Tom, is I don't go to bed. Uh, I don't go to bed in an argument with my wife. I just don't do it. And I thought, Hmm, that's probably a good thing to, to, to model as an example, right? It's a good thing to model. Like, okay, I don't want to do that. And then he said, and when I wake up in the morning, I'm very mindful that she likes coffee. I make her coffee. She likes this. I do that. And I was like, wow, like from a relationship standpoint, like I know that may sound simple to you, but it's the little things, right? I've been married for 27 years. It's the little things. So, so I guess my question for you is if you truly want to change your mindset, you got to address what's going on in your beliefs, right? And I gave you the process for doing so. Then you got to set some goals of how you want to get better at each one of those. Then you got to start reading and listening and studying and emulating and modeling the behaviors of the people that are doing it at a high level. And what's great is 
I don't have to take everything from them. I just want to take that piece and I want to start to emulate that to get a better result, right? Like that's how it works. That's what great people do. Then I wrote down number six, create some severely painful consequences for not following through because sometimes change is challenging without motive for action, right? To change a, a habitual way of being for decades, right? How do you interrupt the pattern? How did I go from like, you know, kind of always eating one way, food combining was sort of the strategy to I'm going to go intermittent fasting. Well, it was because I was getting older and I didn't want the love handles and I wanted to lose the weight. And I was like, oh man, not eating from eight o'clock all the way until 1130 or 12 o'clock the next day. How's my energy level going to be? Stupid belief. I hadn't even tried it yet. And I was already talking myself out of it. You know what I mean? And I was able to turn it around. But what I did is I said, okay, here's the consequence. If I don't do it, here's the pain I'm going to experience, right? And you create those painful consequences and nobody wants that. And you begin to make the adjustments. And then the last one was, <laughs> you won't be surprised. Start teaching other people how you did it. Because the moment you start teaching everybody else, then guess what happens? Now it really gets ingrained in you and it also holds you to a higher standard. All right, two more to go. You ready? So at Kevin De Silva official, that's the official Kevin De Silva, a great agent in South Bay of Los Angeles. You know, he asked a great question. I was really glad that he did and he pinged me right afterwards. He said, hey, listings are moving slower than buyers right now. And should I really be focused on taking more listings? So I said, hey, Kev, you know, the answer is yes, right? Coastal California luxury homes are selling and the activity based on the data is absolutely picking up steam right now as I record this. All my coastal agents in the high end are going, wowzer, like it's busy right now. So here's what I wrote down. So list them all, provided they're motivated to actually sell versus just testing the market. Now, if it's a spectacular home, if it's four years or newer, if it's a one of a kind property and they want to test the market, list that house because somebody else is going to list it and it's going to sell because it's one of those types of properties, Kev, right? Like, you know it, I know it. So I also wrote down, look at the data. Right. So again, here in coastal OC, right, he's just a little north of us. Um, what's selling? I just did this deep dive analysis with my client, Tim Smith, who has 96 listings. Let me say that to you again. 96 listings. I think it's like $300 million in volume in listings active right now. So we were going through and analyzing. Okay, look at all the sales we've had. Let's look inside the MLS. Let's look at what's moving. And he is a He's a beast. Like he has one of those memories that he just knows the market inside and out. Every house, he seems to somehow know every person, even if he didn't work with them. Like it's, he just has that kind of mind, which is a superpower. Listen to Jim quick on memory, right? We've done a couple on that. So we were going through and we said, okay, well, what's selling? New construction, selling like crazy, turnkey properties, clean turnkey properties, four years old or newer, selling really fast, premium lots, views on the bay, on the ocean, or opportunity lots, AKA exclusive neighborhoods, right? Killer lot where I can go build my dream home, scrapers if you will, where the buyer can build their dream home. That's what's selling. And then guess what? Nothing else, nothing else in this coastal high-end community where Kevin is and where we are. So my point to him was, it's, it's do the deep dive analysis to know what truly is selling and what isn't selling. You probably listened to the, uh, the podcast I did a couple of weeks ago with Mauricio from the agency on the West side of LA where sales were down at the time, 50%. And, and we spent what, five or six minutes just talking about how much time he spends in the MLS going deep on what's selling and what's not and why, because we want to be the knowledge broker. 
And the case of Kev, who's a great agent, keep listing it all. Then I wrote down, prioritize, by the way, everything else, all your other listings need to be priced correctly if they're not moving. They need to be priced correctly if they're not moving. So what Timmy and I decided was we would prioritize the, the current inventory based upon the data, right? How long they've been on the market, listen carefully. The number of showings, is it improving or is it declining? And then how many online views on Zillow and Trulia and Realtor and you know everything else, right? Or lack thereof and use that data to have an intelligent conversation with our sellers, right? So we're literally saying, you know, hey, Tristan, uh, you know, you guys have been on the market now for 120 days, and we know certainly 90 of those days were really dicey and challenging, but we're coming out of it and we're seeing properties selling in multiple offers, and they're like, yeah, but what's going on with my property? Well, let me explain. The properties that are selling right now, I did a deep dive analysis on this. The things that are selling are basically new construction. They're like, oh, that's not me turnkey properties and they go, that's me. And I say four years or newer and they go, oh, mine's 15 years old or premium lots with spectacular views or on the bay and on the ocean. They're like, nope, nope, nope. Or opportunity lots in exclusive neighborhoods where somebody could buy the house, scrape it and build their dream home. Everything else right now seems to be sitting, but I want to share with you the data. I was looking at early March, February, right? We were getting this many showings, this many showings, this many showings. And then of course, obviously it collapsed and now it's back and we're seeing showings going through the crazy, either going through the roof there. It's crazy, but right now we're not getting them on your property. Now we have been marketing aggressively. We just emailed blasted again. We did this, we did that, we did this with that, and we're not getting the activity. So what it's telling me is that the market, the agents, and most importantly, the buyers have rejected our price. Most importantly, the buyers have rejected our price. So what would you like to do? The market, the agents, and the buyers have rejected our price. What would you like to do? Just hopefully that gives you some value. All right, the last one was Veronica Campos Holmes. I really like that one. She said, Tom, I'm trying to get, uh, trying to do a great listing presentation, but don't really know where to start. I watch all the videos. Could you just give me some insight? And I said, you know, of course, Veronica, thank you. I'm, again, as, I'm, as I said, I'm spending the entire month of July in the Tom Ferry Show doing just this, but let me just give you just a couple simple things. And there's a formula adjustment that you need to decide upon. And again, I could have done a lot more. Watch the Tom Ferry Show. There'll be a lot. Fast version. Reaffirm the motivation for selling. Hey, thanks so much for having me over. Or Zoom. Hey, thanks guys for uh, you know talking about the opportunity of getting your home in the market. Thank you so much for taking the time to do the video tour. So I got to really get a sense of it. I did drive by the house, walked around as you probably saw, and da 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 da. Right. Build rapport. But then I got to get back into. So you know, you guys asked me to to talk to you about selling your home, and I just want to be clear. Like, there there's two kinds of sellers in today's market. There's people that. Uh, the property and the opportunity and the timing is absolutely perfect. And then there's people that are trying to test the market and therefore, you know, they're not, they're not seizing sort of the, the, the perfect storm in real estate today. So I just want to affirm, cause I didn't get to ask you over the phone. You guys are going to sell this house. What's the plan? Where do you, where are you guys going? Help me understand what your goals are because it's my job to help you get your goals. And hopefully you already did that in your prequal but you got to reaffirm their motivation. You got to know like, why am I here? You with me? And there's a million ways you can do that. Number two, you either go into the comps, then marketing, and then your plan of action of what's going to happen next, next, next. So, right. So price, marketing, plan of action, or the alternatives, you dazzle them with marketing, 
all of your marketing prowess to attract the highest number of qualified buyers. If you understand like persona marketing or the ideal customer, right? You can use that. You can talk about Facebook, how you know there's this many people in a 15 mile radius that would match the needs and that you got this many agents or this many buyers in your database, right? You really dazzle them on your degrees of separation. You get them to be like, wow, like, this is so much more than I thought. You're talking about videos and this and that and how you're going to find, you know, the perfect buyer in China. Like, you know that you know the drill, like the full razzle dazzle of an extraordinary marketing proposal. Then you say, is this the kind of marketing you're looking for? And they say, yes. So they just hired you. You with me? They just hired you. If they say we're not sure, you might do a law of contrast close, which is, so I do these 147 things. Did you know that the average agent in our town does 11 different things. And it's the same 11 things. They say, I'm going to put it up on this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this and do this and do this and this. But we do 147, right? And you create that contrast. And if you have the visual example, it's pretty extraordinary. So again, I'm trying to win them over on marketing. You could do price, then try and win them over on marketing. But I sometimes that takes a level of experience and finesse that like I can think of so many agents that I, that I work with that, you know, they're 10, 20, 30 years in the business. They are like, Jedi Knights. They can just walk in and say, million two seven fifty, <laughs> right? Like no marketing presentation, no pricing conversation. They just uh, if you're if you're watching or listening on the audio, I'm I'm doing my you know best Jedi hand impersonation of like these are not the droids you're looking for. Like million two seven fifty. They just they have that power, right? They have that swag about them. Many agents don't. So you need to build up that credibility by I think going marketing, 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 marketing. Law of contrast then go into the comps. You with me? Then go into the comps and then go into here's what's going to happen next, like the future pacing. We're going to do staging. We're going to hold it open. I'm going to have my videographer come in. And all of that, that here's what we're going to do next, should be listed out, maybe given visual examples so they understand. I'm bringing a professional photographer. My video crew is coming in. We're going to do this. We're going to do a broker preview if you're doing that safely, right? And then we're going to do the first uh, open house if you're doing that safely or the first virtual open house if you're going to do that safely. And then the video is going to go up and then we're going to unveil the home, right? All these things have to be decided upon and, and tested. I, I am just of the opinion, make a dynamic, compelling presentation that demonstrates clearly how you solve their problem in a unique and special way that's different from everybody else. And then it's really hard for them to say no to you. Now on price, I got to give you the legend, the legend, Randy Ora, right? So one of our great coaches, longtime friend, and just an extraordinary human being on, on like just the full spectrum, right? So Randy, if you're listening, you know, I love you. So Randy did a listening presentation many years ago for us in San Diego. And he, he used a line that I know tens of thousands of agents around the country use today, right? Around the world use it because it's so good. They say, but another agent said they can get me more money. And he would say, yeah, you know, I appreciate that, uh, Tristan and Stephanie. You know, I could line a thousand agents out your door, a thousand agents out your door. And guess what? We're all looking at the same data. We're all looking at the same numbers. We all see the same prices. So if I line up that thousand agents and they all walked in, they're all going to basically say the same thing minus, you know, one or two percentage points. So I guess my question is, since we all see the same data and we all see the same number, why would an agent tell you a significantly higher price? Why would they say that to you? My experience, you long strategic pause, let them sit in like, oh, yeah, I, guess, I guess that does make sense. Why? Well, what, I mean, what do you mean? Why? See, because what some agents do 
is they lack the the back end experience, the marketing experience, the negotiation experience, the the tactical stuff that's required to get a transaction together, to negotiate with both parties, to negotiate with the bank, the mortgage, the title, the escrow, with everybody, all the intricacies, right? So they 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 don't have those skills. So you know what they do? They they win the listing by over promising on price to make up for all those flaws. And then guess what? You suffer, you suffer. And I'm modifying a little bit of what he said, but it was so powerful. The first time I heard, it, I watched everybody just go, <gasps> and then he's got the banana clothes, but I have to end the podcast and you'll just have to wait off to get Randy on the show. I'm looking at Tristan right now and, and Brenda got to get him on the show. I'm having him do the banana clothes. He did it in my office in front of about 30 agents and a mastermind. And I watched every jaw just drop. Randy's the man. So Veronica Campos, that's really my message. Pre-qualify and either go price marketing and here's what's next or dazzle them with marketing, do a little law of contrast, then go price. Then here's what's next. Again, assuming the sale, assuming the sale all along, ask them to hire you, handle a few objections, questions and conditions, and then get to work. And I actually wrote, I hate this answer, but you needed it quick. I'm covering it a lot on the Tom Ferry show. So that's it. I have to go do a coaching session. I got to tell you, I'm really loving doing the podcast and I like them doing, I like, I like them doing, I like them, I like them doing solo sometimes, no editing, because sometimes it's cool just to have a conversation with you. So I, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, getting me. And you know, by getting me, I get you, right? Because your vibe attracts your tribe. So thank you for being in my tribe. Thanks for being in my community. Thanks for being you. And look, at the end of the day, right now it's about helping. It's about making a difference. And it's about moving forward powerfully. So I hope you got some tips on that. And I keep you in that level of action. So God bless. Get out there, kick ass. And I'll talk to you on the next podcast. See you soon. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.